Hello everybody, it's the yet another weekly instalment of Throwing It Down. Um, last night's show was fabulous, I thoroughly enjoyed watching it and today I really do have a very special guest, a lady that I haven't spent much time with unfortunately because she literally lives at the opposite end of the country, couldn't get far, farther away if she tried, but uh, we, we will get together one of these days and it's Sue McInnes who was a, a absolutely wonderful wonderful potter and uh, we got to be great friends when we were um doing the the shows that we put up on the tv and uh unfortunately i i don't think she she stayed long enough and it would have been brilliant to have spent some more time with her hello Sue, how are you doing oh hi lovely to be lovely to be here sal thank you for inviting me on <laughs> And thank you for all the kind words. Oh, it was no, ama- amazing spending time with with you on the 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 pottery throwdown as well, and and all the other potters. I think we just had such a, a fab group and with such a fab time together. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, I've said it many times before, but I think we had the best of it because we got to stay there and we got to spend twenty four seven together, and uh, we became quite the group, didn't we? Oh, for sure, definitely. It was, it was, um, we went there 12 strangers and we were just, uh, you know, left as family, didn't we? We did. And I think everybody's quite amazed. It was quite traumatic, wasn't it, for when people were going home? It was very traumatic. And I think people are still amazed that we are still friends. <laughs> well, I know, I know. I have people asking me all the time, do you still keep in touch with the potters that you were on the show with? And I said, oh, for sure. Every, yeah. You know, we're always sort of messaging back and forth. And it was traumatic when somebody left, and it was traumatic leaving as well. Yes, that's I I didn't uh, take into account until you're sort of driving away and yes, leaving all your family friends behind. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, no mates on the morning when you wake up and they've all gone and you're still there on your own. It was a bit weird, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, I know it was. It was really difficult. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but like you but say, we've survived. We have, and when it came on the TV and we all Zoomed and, and we were talking and, and we chat on WhatsApp quite often, and there's always messages going backwards and forwards, and it's uh, it's lovely to be part of that pottery family that we, we sort of started. We're going in retrospectively now and inviting the ones from the previous um, episodes like Rosa and Tim, uh, Tim, Kit, and, uh, and lots of other potters, and the pottery family is just growing and growing, but... It would be nice if we could all get together. It would be nice to see you. Um, I've been talking oh, with um, some friends of mine about bringing my raku on the road and doing like a road trip. Um, <laughs> uh, seriously, a yeah. road trip. Yeah, yeah. Packing up the it. kilns and all the kit and, and then going around the country to various um, pottery um, associations maybe and, um, and doing firings uh-huh. with them. And uh, it's, so that might be something that happens maybe later this year or definitely next year. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, taking it on the road. So we might get up to Scotland. That would be great. That would be brilliant. You count me <laughs> in, I'll be there. <laughs> Fabulous. Yeah, no, so, no I, was, I, was, I was even thinking about coming down to you. <laughs> well, even better. <laughs> it's warmer so, down there, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that's true. Very <laughs> true. <laughs> So. so did you did you watch the throwdown last night? What did you think of last night's episode? Oh, it was a brilliant episode. I really, really enjoyed it. I loved I loved everybody's makes. 
the the lamps were were fabulous and devastation when George's lamp broke that was oh. just oh my oh. heart went out to him <laughs> it was quite the it was quite the ask wasn't it because that was a big piece of throwing they had to do and um and most oh, of for them sure. did sure. yeah most of them did what I I personally would have done which, which was to throw it in two halves and stick it together as um making it something that big is uh, in one go I think you've got to have been a potter for a long long time to be able to throw something mm-hmm. of the size they were asking in one definitely and even when you did it in two pieces the... but uh, they all survived yes yes yeah. I was just saying you know, when they did it in two pieces and tried to join them again and uh, there's a couple of near mishaps there but uh, every, <laughs> like you say everybody survived which was the main thing yeah well <laughs> funnily enough George's I was worried about James's one with the coil me too that was a very it's an unusual technique and I have done something like that in the past um where I was throwing a, an enormous vessel. I mean, uh, eventually it stood about about three and a half feet tall, maybe four feet tall. And I, I rolled oh, wow. big coils, but then I rolled them out into a thick slab and put a slab around the top and then threw it on. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I threw over the joy mm-hmm. and th- yep. made that and then dried it out and then did it again and then and so on and so on until I'd built the pot up. But uh, they didn't show us, unfortunately, what he did with that big fat coil once he put it on. We we saw him putting it on and then didn't see what comes next. Yes, yes, because that's what concerned me. I presume that he must have thrown it again, do you think? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely, definitely, because it was, it was too thick compared to the the wall of the, the, pot, the pot that he'd made. I was... Yes. Yeah. I'm surprised it didn't make the pot that he'd already made collapse with the weight that he put on in one exactly exactly that's just what i was thinking yeah <laughs> but it survived, it survived and that was great and it worked and although george's broke Ooh. it didn't break where the join was funnily enough it broke further up around the top where he'd added extra clay um mm-hmm. to, for mm-hmm. the three-dimensional effect that they asked for so it was a it was more about the thick and thin clay than than he's joined funnily enough he's, everybody's where they joined them in the middle all of them survived that process which was great yeah it, it was shows great. that they're good potters yes. um which one did you like the best oh if i'm being honest probably it would have been lois's first and caitlin's second right Right. That was my my sort of order. <laughs> uh-huh. No, no. I mean, we all—it's personal taste, isn't it? What about yourself? Um, I, oh, definitely. Like, it's totally by yeah. the decoration, and that was what I was going. Yeah, I, I was thank God that I'm not the judge because I'd find it almost impossible to be honest to to um to judge um you know one in, in front of the other in any way really. But I did. I liked. I liked James's. Uh, I think he was unfortunate that the tree trunks snapped. But again, that was yes. sort of inevitable that they were going to do that. John's, I mean, John, he deserved to be Potter of the Week because he did really well in, in the spot challenge mm-hmm. and in the lamp making. So overall, I think they were right. And they and I liked the way, loved the way he stuck those balloons on so the light went down the back of them. That was a really clever. That was so clever. That was so clever, wasn't it? Yeah. And so effective, definitely. Yeah. But I, I'm with you, yeah. actually. I Lois, I think, is 
exceptionally good at, at her pe painting, her uh, application of the underglazes and her decorating is absolutely fabulous. And of course, that's what I always thought was your absolute most brilliant strong point. I thought that you, the way you use colour and like you could, you do sculptural ceramics and the way that you use colour on them is extraordinary. So, uh, you know, you and Lois in my head, uh, sort of on, on a, on a par, cause it's, I, I just think she's brilliant at using, using the underglazes. She's exceptional at it because her Venetian mask was brilliant as well, wasn't it? It was. Her mask was gorgeous. And what, what I loved about her lamp base was the sunset effect she'd managed to create with the underglazes, mm. just blending the colours. It's not easy. It's, she, she did a fabulous job. And I loved the, the, the coiling clouds or wind effect that she created as well. It was just yeah. stunning. Really yeah. funny. Yeah, um, I forget where she came in the um, spot challenge. Oh, I've got it written down somewhere. Oh, she won that too. So she won the spot challenge yes. with the um, with the mask. So in a way, it was um, for for me personally. Um, I think she, John came fifth in the spot challenge, so he wasn't so great at that. Um, I probably would have given Lois Potter of the Week. Again, because <laughs> she's been Potter of the Week already a couple of times, <laughs> very deservedly, and mainly, you know, um, yeah. her, her building, her her core pottery skills are very, very good. And then, yeah, add on top of that, her brilliant use of colours and the underglazes. And, um, yeah, she deserves to be Potter of the Week several times. It's a winning times. combination. It, it certainly is. It certainly <laughs> is. I loved yeah. your... Um, you, your cheese dome when we were on the show you your you did the cheese dome and you did a cartoon characters of um keith and uh siobhan and rich and um you you, you tried to in a way you pushed yourself and it's and because it was the first episode that we'd, we and we were all terrified you you suddenly ran out of time oh, yes. and just didn't get it finished off but i thought it was absolutely Brilliant. I mean, as I say, I think your um, your techniques with the colours and the underglazers. I'm in awe, really, because I can't use them at all. I think they're. I still hate them, <laughs> and and avoid using. <laughs> oh, them you're at doing all, yourself down, Sal. No, uh, I, I haven't used them really since um, since we we're on the show. I I do avoid them. I I they terrify me. I'm never. I don't know whether you've got any tips for our listeners. Uh, uh, and, and the use of them, but I find them very difficult to use. Well, I think you did a fabulous job when you were on the show, Sal. Your yeah. pieces were amazing. Yes, I, I, I loved I loved your Charlie cheese set, and you know when you did the 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 Cornish the Cornish mine, that was stunning. You know mm. the, the use of color and that. Didn't but I think what people don't know with that is I didn't understand that if I used an oxide over the top of the underglaze. And then I put a clear glaze over the top. It sort of turned bits of that building green that really weren't supposed to be green, but it it ended up as a happy accident. <laughs> but... <laughs> I think that's half the, half the fun of pottery is the happy accident, isn't it? It's the magic of putting a piece into the kiln and seeing what comes out mm. after the kiln and the, the, you know the, the heat's done its its magic in there. 
because you, you can only control it up to a certain point. It's all yes. it's, there's always going to be an element of surprise in what you get out of the kiln when you open the doors, mm-hmm. for sure. But um, you were you were asking what would I um recommend any, to people to yeah, do? Yeah, get any tips do. for using underglazes? Well, well, I'll tell you. My my, are we allowed to name products? Absolutely. Is it okay? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. That's for sure, yeah, that's um, fine. I, my, <laughs> well, my favourite at the moment uh, are velvet underglaze, um, Amico. That's what I'm, right. I'm using at the moment. Yeah, and there, you can dilute them down so you can use them like watercolours. You can use them so that they're opaque if you layer it, and you can blend them, mix them. And what makes them even better is when you apply them, you can almost see the, the finished colour you're going to have. Oh, that's handy. Certainly the finished colour, if you fire it and um, don't glaze it, the, the colour that you see on the piece when you're applying the underglaze is very, very close. But when you add a glaze to it, you can do your glaze firing, the colour deepens and darkens. But again, it, it's uh, never guaranteed or completely accurate what you're going to get you know what you're going to get to what you're expecting to get Uh (laughs) it's there's always that element of surprise you're always getting caught out I sort of um adding when I was using the underglazes when you add the clear glaze over the top it's a bit like dipping a pebble in water so you pick up a pebble on the beach and it it can look quite dull and grey but when you dip it in the water, all of a sudden all the colours pop and you can you can see, you know, really that's sort of my analogy of adding a clear glaze over the top of an underglaze is a bit like dipping it in water and imagining what it would look like after that. Oh, for sure, for sure, definitely. It's, you're walking along the, the, the shoreline and you see this fabulous pebble, wet pebble, yeah. and you take it home and once it dries out, it's so dull in comparison to what it was. <laughs> That, the, you know, that magical first sight you have of it wet but yes uh, the, the clear glaze does do that so amico velvet amico velvet underglazes is that right can you are they glazing themselves if you don't glaze over the top of them well you you can leave them matte and that's what the the velvet finish is because it has this um slightly textured matte finish so right. it's it reminds you of a, a sort of more, almost velvet finish. It's it's lovely. I, you can whack it as well. Oh. So that keeps the, the paler colour. You do a lot of sculptural uh, animals and things, don't you? So um, I, I guess unglazed is good for that. Definitely, definitely. Um, it's I, I like waxing pieces because of the, the finish that you get. That I, I love touchy-feely surfaces. Mm-hmm. And I love burnishing pieces so that you get that really really smooth polished clay and then once you add wax to it it just uh, brings it to life it's such a tactile surface I, I do smoke fired seals and I wax them and uh, I just I just love the finish of them oh they sound fabulous that and big curvy ladies <laughs> big curvy la- you have to send us some photographs Sue and I'll pop them up on the page so if people are listening to the podcast if they come and have a look at the Instagram page they'll see your work because I I absolutely love your work. I think it's fabulous. And, uh, yeah, no, it's amazing. It's it's always been amazing. And and I know there's been 
people um, have asked me to do sculptural things for them and I've actually said no <laughs> and pointed them at you. So you might have had a few strange emails from people saying, Sally refused to make my thing. <laughs> yes, I've, I've. thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> no, That's no, it was, I was very you. happy to pass the buck, I'm telling you. It was, uh, <laughs> it was nice to know that I could pass them forwards knowing that they get what they wanted. Oh, thank you. Uh, uh, talking about those underglazers doing strange things uh who was it last night was it derek um derek's that went black i think it was i know he wanted it dark but crikey (laughs) yes it went from stormy sky to night sky didn't it It (laughs) even the the buildings everything just turned black oh shame there is this element where you just you can't control completely what you're going to get and it's part of the joy of working with clay so do you think that's what he did when he when he was putting the underglaze colors on the colors he he thought he would get the colors he was seeing as before being fired and glazed and 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 that's sort of what happened to him once they put the he put the glaze over the top all these dark these dark colors and he did use dark colors but there were grays and blues and you know different colors there but once the clear glaze had gone over them all, they all just look, came back out looking black. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, just it, that's what it does. It darkens and deepens colours. And if you've put on multiple layers, then it is going to be really intense, the colour that you get once the glaze is uh, applied. Right. So it's a shame, but... It was a shame because it was a nice yeah. piece. Um, but he did survive and George went home instead because, unfortunately, George's... Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I felt so bad when because it was intact, and but it was obviously a very big and heavy piece, George's, and he picked it up by the light fitting bit on the top, and as soon as he yes. did that, the extra weight added just sort of finished it off, didn't it? I think if he hadn't, yes, any stress fracture. Yeah, if he hadn't have, um, if he hadn't picked it up like that and it hadn't have broken off completely, perhaps he would have survived, and it would have been um, Derek's week to to go because. Um, Derek came very last in the spot challenge. So, but George came sixth out of seven. So again, it they were it was tight. It was a yes. it was a very tight call. And I sort of I do understand why they judged George to be the one going home because his actually did entirely break. Where Derek's only m- mistake was the use of the underglazes and not understanding what would happen when with all those dark colours over overlapping each other so oh but as i say i'm glad i'm not the judge that's keith's job isn't it yes oh definitely <laughs> and you know hat off to himself and rich for um making these decisions because like you i would hate to be in that position of having mm. to decide well if it was up to me there'd still be 12 potters left at the end and i'd let the public Jews, a bit like they do on, you know, just have a massive phone in at the end so everybody can decide who their favourite potter is over there all of the weeks, but let them all stay for the whole time. I think it would be fabulous if everybody could stay. And if it was even like cumulative points or, like you say, a phone-in, because it would be the, the journey that all of the potters go on over that period of time. I mean, I was, I was only there till week three, but what I learned and... Uh, you know how my work's developed because of being on it and what I've learned from all all of you other potters that were 
there. I mean, it's it's changed what I'm able to do. It's um, it's like the best intensive pottery course you could go on. <laughs> well, yeah, because yeah, it would be fab to see everybody getting to the end and just what each of them has become because of their journey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would even work with like if they had a smaller number of potters. So instead of starting with twelve, we're we're talking ourselves into making a TV program here. Can you know that? But if they started with seven, <laughs> <laughs> if they started with eight, and the eight stayed for for the yeah. whole eight weeks, and then you're right there, and but they had to stay together like we did rather than going home. So it was like an eight week pottery living. And they had to share knowledge and teach each other. The journey would be immense, wouldn't it? Oh, it'd be fantastic. It would. <laughs> yeah, there wouldn't be quite so much drama. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. true. That's true. But, um, you know, the fact that you're able to just um, live and breathe clay 100% for mm. that time, it is a, a unique experience. It and is. We were just so, so lucky to have it. Mm. I know I've said again several times that I really you know most people hated COVID but I actually quite I have a lot to thank COVID for because it meant that we could stay together and stay there rather than having to come home every (laughs) every week so yeah COVID was nice for me (laughs) (laughs) and I did catch it and I was ill but you know not terribly ill and and it was horrible for an awful lot of people but uh, as I say for me it was it made that experience special. It did indeed. It did indeed. I mean, we're, we were so lucky with that. Mm. Um, right. So, yeah. Um, I, I better, uh, I better put up this. We've got two things to do. All right. Last week's winner of the competition to to um, get the fabulous um, goodie box that Pot Clays have gifted us to to give out every week is uh, just potting around. Sandy, just potting around, is listening again. Can you please um, get in touch, uh, private messages, your address, so I can get your goodie bag in the um, in the post year. Okay, so this week's question, and uh, you have to remember to, a- to answer this question. I'll give you some details first. So to answer the question, go to either our insta page which is throwing dot it dot down and give us your answer in the comments underneath the competition heading for this week and uh i'd like you to find sue and like sue's facebook page insta page um just go there like follow her once you see her work you'll have absolutely no reason not to you'll see that her work's fabulous so um so insta Give us the answer. Go follow Sue. You can answer us on Facebook page. We now have a Facebook page of throwing it down. Uh, and you'll see the logo for our podcast there. So it's easy to find. And uh, you can email us at hi, that's H-I, hi, at throwingitdown.co.uk, all lowercase. So on Instagram to enter, you have to go and find Sue and like her page and follow her page, which I'm sure you'll do as soon as you see it. On Facebook, go find Sue on Facebook. Again, put it in the comments under the, the heading. And then I'll just email us because we, we do know that some of you don't have um, 
Insta pages or Facebook pages and you just really want to listen to the podcast, but you can still enter the competition just by emailing us. This week's um, question for the goodie bag, gifted to us by Potclays, fabulous thing, lots of stuff in there that's totally useful and you will love it, I absolutely promise you. So this week's question is, what city in Italy is famous for its masked ball? What city in Italy is most famous for its masked ball? And I'm sorry, Sue, but you can't enter. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I was so looking forward to that. (laughs) Well, Sue, thank you. I cannot honestly thank you enough. And it's been an absolute pleasure to see you and chat to you again. It's been such a long time. And uh, maybe... On, on the week of the final for the throwdown, I think um, we're going to do a little roundup. So if you wouldn't mind coming back just for five minutes on final week, that would be really lovely to see you again. Are you up for that? Oh, it would be my pleasure. be my pleasure. I'd love to. Fabulous. Love to see everybody. Right. <laughs> That'd be great. Oh. And, uh, yeah, so there might be a lot of chit-chat that day because there will be quite a few of us. All, all, in, all in the studio, all at the same time. So it be like old days. Be brilliant. <laughs> Thanks, Sue. Thank you very much. And thank you to all of my listeners. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. You've got a couple of top tips from Sue there. And uh, we'll look at next week's show and we'll have a chat about that then. I'm not going to tell you right now who the guest is going to be. You'll just have to tune in and listen. All right. Thanks again, everybody. Bye now. Bye.